A servant girl took Matt along various passages and unlocked the heavy wooden door that led to the private wing. It was an area only the most trusted allies of El Patron had been allowed to visit. A haze of dust hung in the air, as though the windows had been closed for a long time. As a child, El Patron had been so skinny that chili beans had to wait in line to get inside his stomach. The wealthy ranchero who owned his village had amused himself by casting centavos to the boy. El Patron had to grovel in the dirt to collect them. He had never recovered from this humiliation. He wanted to become so rich and powerful that he could grind the ranchero under his heel. Unfortunately, the man died long before El Patron could carry out his plan. The insult was forever green in the old man's mind. He built a magnificent hacienda copying the ranchero's estate. That was why most things in opium were a hundred years in the past. But El Patron's private wing was even older. He had brought back entire sections of Iberian castles. He had plundered El Prado, the finest art museum in Spain, for paintings and tapestries. These he studied carefully, for his goal was to become nothing less than a king. The rooms of his private wing were as dark and cheerless as the old paintings. Tam Lin had once pointed out that the reason the pictures were so gloomy was because they were dirty. El Patron had been furious. He exiled the bodyguard to Egypt duty for an entire month. The colors in this part of the hacienda were various shades of brown and black. Even the walls were a milky color that Tam Lin called baby poop. The furniture was made of heavy mahogany and cast iron and took at least three Egypts to move. Yet, here and there, were pockets of beauty. A golden deer with delicate antlers. A statue of the Madonna. A painting of a woman in a white dress lying on a couch. Unlike the other portraits, whose subjects looked miserable, this woman had a mischievous smile. She reminded Matt of Maria. The servant led Matt to a bedroom even darker and stuffier than the hall. She bowed politely and left. Matt stretched out on the bed and closed his eyes, but for some reason he couldn't relax. For a few minutes he puzzled about what was wrong. He got up, pulled back the covers, and there, in the middle of the mattress, was the distinct impression of a man. Matt caught his breath. Of course. El Patron had lain here for a hundred years. The hollow in the mattress was shaped like the old man, and the horrible thing was that Matt had fit into it exactly. He tore the covers off, driven by a panic he didn't understand, and heaped them up in a corner to make a new bed. He fell into a troubled sleep, opening his eyes briefly to see the girl enter with an armful of fresh clothes. Matt awoke hours later wedged under a chair. Above him were strips of ancient leather stained by years of use. A shred of dirty webbing dangled a dead fly next to his nose. He scooted out, bowing to have everything cleaned and to have the windows unsealed. He would send the tapestries back to El Prado and burn the dreadful mattress. Matt yanked at the heavy curtains hanging over the bed. The rotten fabric tore, revealing a bell cord El Patron used to call servants. A man appeared in the doorway, answering Matt's call. Help me get rid of this stuff, Matt ordered gathering up the curtains in his arms. The man didn't move. Matt took a closer look at his eyes and realized that he was only an Egypt. For months, the boy had lived with normal people and had forgotten how creepy such beings were.
The servant would understand only a few commands. Get me lunch, Matt said hopefully. Nothing happened. Call Celia. Make the bed. Oh, forget it. I'm going to take a shower. At the word shower, the Egypt woke up and went into the next room. Matt heard water being turned on, and the man reappeared, pushing a wheelchair. He reached for the boy and started to undo his shirt. Whoa, stop! Go away! cried Matt. The Egypt's hands fell, and he left the room as silently as he had come. Matt heard water thundering in the shower and sprinted to turn it off. It was criminal to waste such a precious resource. At the plankton factory where he'd been enslaved, clean water was unknown. Everything they used smelled of brine shrimp and strange chemicals. Even the water they drank was polluted and made the boys' faces break out with terrible acne. Including mine, Matt thought unhappily, feeling the